0: To the Cross the Line Podcast, my name is Paul Smith, today's episode is sponsored by Charlene's Home Cooking, 1136 East Blackstock Road, North South Carolina. Charlene's Home Cooking is a family restaurant that cooks like grandma with fresh veggies and meats cooked or you can do a meat with two sides, a meat with three sides, or a veggie plate along with sweet tea, Kool-Aid, and lemonade. Cakes, pies, and cobbler are also available for dessert. She wants you to feel at home anytime you visit, so make sure you stop by Monday, Thursday, and Saturday from 11 to 6. And Friday and Sunday from 11 to 7. Everything is fresh and from the heart, and she would love for you to stop by and visit us. So, thank you, Miss Charlene, for sponsoring today's episode of cross the Line podcast. And today, we have another special guest with us, kicking off our very first tour, the self investment tour. We are here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, right now. And today, I'm with the founder of Splash Youth Arts Workshop, Mr. Charlie Newton. How are you, sir?
1: Hello, I'm doing great. Thank you.
0: Oh, thank you, sir, for for joining us. Like I said, we are kicking off our first ever um, tour, something we put together, me and my partner, Calvin. Um, it's just been a joy for people to, to respond and give us some love and feedback. So thank you for being the first guest for our tour. So, oh,
1: well, wow, that makes me feel special. Yes,
0: sir, so so <laughs> we got we got to start it started off right. So starting off, can you, can you tell people what actually is the Splash Youth Arts Workshop? So
1: basically, Splash is a free art
0: school
1: for mm-hmm. at risk Mostly black youth, low income. Mm-hmm. And so nine years ago we moved into the West Side community, which is where we are now, College Hill Courts. Okay. Into an old school building where I actually went to school in the first through the sixth grade. And we just opened it up and offered free art classes to the children in the community.
0: Okay, so they so they no longer use this um, school anymore. Or is it just for no. the workshop?
1: Right, right. It's no longer used. Okay. There's a few people that come in periodically. A few ministries. But so uh, basically, there's not a school here now.
0: Mm-hmm. So was that automatically your your decision? Like once you knew the school was vacant and you you had the workshop, did you automatically knew you wanted to bring it back to your old school?
1: You know. That is a great question. No, I did not automatically know that because I'm, I'm always also a minister and I had been ministering out of here for okay. about four or five years. And so we had about 30 kids in our ministry. So uh, when we uh, found the school building, I was actually looking for a uh, studio for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm a professional artist. And so when I found the studio, then it was sort of like obvious that with this huge space we could use it for more things. Right. Yeah.
0: So so I think I know you said nine years. So have you had this foundation for like the art center for nine years total, or have you been actually doing this longer than nine years with the students, with the youth? Okay. Well
1: no, the splash uh, is nine years old. Okay. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Right. So so for you, how, how long have you actually been doing uh right design and being in art?
1: My child life. -hmm. It's the only thing I've ever done in my life. So at five years old, uh, uh, I discovered art and uh, I decided this is what I want to do with my life. And I've never done anything else my entire life.
0: Mm -hmm. Were you born and raised here in Chattanooga? Born and
1: raised here in Chattanooga. As a matter of fact, I lived in the projects right here uh, across Mm -hmm. the street from the school. Okay. And uh, so at five years old, uh, a 14 year old guy. Who babysat my brother and I had drawn a picture of Spider Man and Superman in colored pencils, mm. and he showed it to us. And when he showed it to us, you know, it hit me. I know I know the purpose of my life. Mm-hmm. You know? So I've been pursuing art my entire mm-hmm. life.
0: So gr- growing up in this area, I know you you have close ties to it. What what, what was your childhood like growing up in in this community?
1: Well, it was it, weird. Uh, because uh, my mother and father was together, mm. and uh, we were very happy. I noticed that my parents were very strict on us, so they kept a close watch on what we did, where we go, who our friends were, and we didn't. We even though we were like the poorest people in this community, we didn't really realize, you know, how poor we we was, you know. And mm. I guess it's because we had a strong foundation as far well as our home life situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I saw something online, and it, said you, it was uh, kind of like a little comment you put on online, like, I'm trying to rediscover my childhood and utilize techniques that God placed inside of me at birth. Did, right. you, did you feel like you may have missed out on something, like when you say rediscover your childhood?
1: Well, Our childhood gets taken away from us. Education is one thing that can take your inherent abilities and talents away from, from you. So, when I uh, entered into college and started studying art, I noticed that the uh, art teachers, you know, sort of threw away what I was already doing as far as my techniques and things. And uh, later on, I discovered that's where it's at. Really, it, You know, is what what's inherent in my ability. That's one of the most important things.
0: When you say the education system takes away our childhood, do you mean such as like, I guess, creativity or... What do you mean by? When they say like.
1: Well, well, I, I was speaking of formal education in arts.
0: Okay, okay, I got so you.
1: You learn all these techniques and things like that, but uh, for me personally, uh, what I came with was not appreciated. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, as a as a child, now I've been doing art all my life. Remember? Right. So I was discovering for myself and developing on my own long before. I went to the university, and so as an artist, when I became a little bit more mature after I got my terminal degree, and you know I started trying to uh, figure out what is my uh, signature. You know, what is my, what am I trying to say with what I'm doing? Uh, then uh, I wanted to recapture that innocence and wonder and awe and, mm-hmm. and truth telling of nice. a child. See, you know, so. As an artist, you want to be truthful to whatever it is you're doing.
0: Absolutely. So, yes. so what what would you say kind of steered you? Like growing up in this environment, you say your parents were straight. Would you say that was kind of steered you away from like going down the wrong path? Of course, hmm.
1: of course. I mean, my my father had a fourth grade education, and my mother had a third grade education. So mm-hmm. they knew the importance of education. Right, right, and. Um, and so they just would not let us run around in the projects because there were a lot of kids getting in trouble, mm-hmm. stealing, fighting, joining games and doing all that kind of stuff. And my parents want, they wanted something more for me. They wanted something better for us. And so, you know, they kept a tight rein on us. We didn't, we hated it as mm-hmm. a child. We hated it. But I appreciated it.
0: Looking back, today. right. Yeah. So and I know you, you say like growing up you, you really didn't necessarily realize that you were poor. When, when was it, was it ever a moment of you where you say, you know what, we don't really have the was it, as you got older went to college where you say we don't necessarily have all the resources that other people have or. You
1: no, know, what happened was in the 7th grade uh my 7th grade teachers took us on a uh field trip to explain to us <laughs> to explain to the class why we didn't need to be acting up and why we need to be serious about our education. And she took us up on the Ridge, Missionary Ridge here in Chattanooga, is where a lot of the middle-class and upper-class people lived at the time. And she took us up to see those houses. And she taught us, see, so you're poor, you know? Mm-hmm. And see, when I was when I was growing up, of course, uh, when I went to elementary school, um, the schools were still segregated, mm. and so we had some of the best teachers as far as African American black teachers. We had the best teachers, and they lived over here with us, actually, mm-hmm. you know. And so, uh, so we did, we had access to some of the best education, but didn't realize uh, the fact of really racism and the fact that what? my color meant something that you know somehow. You know, I was going to have a hard time because of the color of my skin. So my seventh grade teacher decided to let all the uh, class members know, look, you know, you're poor. There are people who have a lot more than you. And there's a reason for that. So you need to be serious about mm-hmm. your education.
0: Right. Yeah. So so did, uh, of course, every, it's no longer segregation. Do you feel like once we, we integrated that that kind of... Like you say you had a great education when things were segregated. Do right. you feel like it watered down the education for us once we we, well, we can integrate or I I remember around 1976,
1: 77 after I graduated with my uh bachelor's degree mm-hmm. it appeared to me I noticed that the uh high school student students didn't realize if to me this is just my personal opinion i don't know i'm not a politician or anything. Right. but what i'm saying is like it seemed like they thought we were free <laughs> mm. and you know we're not free No doors too many so many doors are closed you can see it if you just have vision you see all the doors that are still closed mm. for us in america and you just look around especially here in chattanooga most all of the major businesses the majority of them are not black owned you know mm-hmm. so you know, just a matter of just looking and seeing. You know, it's obvious. Right. So I noticed, and I think what uh, desegregation did is a lot of our kids began to be taught by some people who could care less about their background and what they were going to face. So, you know, even when I go into the schools, I noticed that the teachers and most of the most black boys and girls are taught by white female teachers. Mm-hmm. And I noticed how they treat them. And they're not treating them the way I treat them in splash class. Right. You know, you, I'm, I'm like, you know, you can do this and I don't accept you acting a fool. I don't accept you not giving your best or not giving a hundred percent. I do not accept. I don't think that this is just how you act. You know, I know that you can do better. And usually when we uh, bring a new student in, uh, uh, it takes about three months for them to uh, Coming into a new paradigm, mm-hmm. which is the art studio environment, which means work, quality, you know, confidence, the whole nine yards.
0: Yeah. Talk about you know having teachers that look like you. In my opinion, I feel like that makes it for for people like uh, people of color. It I think it makes a profound impact when you have somebody that looks like you. I, I agree. They can they're, they're, it's like more relatable. Not, of course, you still have students that will very often do their own things, right. but I, I feel like that'll still have a profound impact on of children of color if they see someone that looks like them right. instead of just seeing people on TV that's, all, that's actually uh, you, on stage performing or dribbling a ball or anything like that. When you see somebody like right. in a classroom, yeah. think that, talk a little bit about how did that have a profound impact oh,
1: on that's, you? That's one of the key. I think one of our strong points is that you have an African-American man who know a little bit about history and who have gone all the way through college to get the highest degree he can get in his field. And I'm t- actually talking to them, not cussing them out, but I'm talking to them and uh, spending time with them, which is for a lot of the kids uh, in the uh, community, you don't have that. And so, I, I yes, I do believe that seeing having role models that look like you is important because it shows that the child that, you know, it's within my capabilities to achieve, mm-hmm. you know, whatever I want to achieve. But I think they also need to know that about systemic racism and things like that, and, and how <clears throat> on purpose that you know, we have been kept back uh, in the West is uh, from achieving you know, as far as most of us, you know, as far as our mm-hmm. people and that,
0: concerned, and of course, I always tell, I always say that things have we things have changed, but it's still like we still have a long way to go.
1: Well, for being now, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna talk to you. Oh, great. Great. Speak great. Your mind. go ahead. Speaking as an artist, right? right? Because as artists, we're really looking at things. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're, I'm really peering into. I mean, that's my job is to is to be a a watcher to right. see. In my opinion, we're still in slavery. Mm. When you look at the percentage of, of black income to white income, right. We're still in slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what we, know nothing has really changed. Mm-hmm. The game has changed, right? But uh, I don't believe any of these systems have changed. What look at what's happening to our neighborhood? Gentrification, mm-hmm. redlining. know, look what's happening on the streets. You know. We're still being murdered. We have always been murdered in the streets. Absolutely. But we didn't have cell phones. Mm-hmm. So we true. grew up knowing and you know that the police. I mean, I was thinking the other day, a couple of weeks ago, when I was uh driving away from here, I remember walking down the street with my, I was probably in the fourth, fifth grade, walking downtown, which is like a few minutes from here, with my mother mm-hmm. one Saturday morning. And... What I saw was a a uh, intoxicated black man being arrested by two policemen. Well, he was intoxicated; he couldn't do anything. He was just drunk, and they mm-hmm. beat him up. They beat him. I had mm-hmm. never seen anything like that in my life. Now, imagine you in the fourth grade and you see these people beating this black man and throwing him into a paddy. What used to be called a paddy wagon. Mm-hmm. That's that's shocking, right. To you, right? Absolutely. So. You know, I, you know it's, just, it's just that we know what type of world we're living in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't try to soften anything because I think our kids need to to uh, to be so confident in their own abilities and who they are mm-hmm. as individuals. I think all our kids deserve the right to be creative because that's where entrepreneurship lies, you know, in that right brain thinking mm-hmm. and that creativity. I believe all of our children need art, and that's the goal of Splash: is to get art to all of the children. Not that they're going to be artists, Mm -hmm. but they but they will use their right brain, you know, and they will be more creative in their life.
0: I want to stick to that real quick. When you talk about racism and how you said things haven't really the game has changed, things are still kind of the same. Um, Why do you feel like we're not? I mean, of course, clearly you see everything that's going on, Mm -hmm. even with the president and everything, but. Why do you think it makes people so uncomfortable to have these conversations, even though times like we really need to have it, but for mm-hmm. some reason when we, they I mean, don't want to. don't
1: make black people uncomfortable.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I think it made white people uncomfortable
0: mm-hmm.
1: because when you think about slavery, that's uh, abuse. It's a traumatic, 400 years of trauma, mm-hmm. not just on black, the black side, but on the white side too. Just think if you had a marriage and and the husband is abusing and and the children are going to be affected by that abuse. If you never deal with it, if there's never any closure, then the abuser cannot cannot be healed. Mm -hmm. So everybody's sick. The the abuser is sick and so are the people who have been abused. So it's never been dealt with, you know, and... If I go back to my spiritual uh, roots, I say it's just evil. Mm. There is evil in mm. the world. Absolutely, yeah. And um, just I don't
0: want to make this whole thing uh, political or anything, but regardless, you know, of course we yeah, have. I'm a,
1: not a politician, so I don't know the correct right. thing to say.
0: Right, so, right. So, right. So, so of course we had that. It was a, supposed to be a debate, but it was just a mess Tuesday night. But uh,
1: it didn't
0: even surprise me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not surprised either. Honestly, okay. my my okay. personal opinion. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to vote, and I will never tell anybody not to right. vote because right. I feel like we're obligated to do that. Um, everybody is registered to vote, but uh, right. to me, I just look at it like we—we—it's—it's it's hard to say because it's just like kind of like
1: damn, you do damn
0: right, you right.
1: Know? So what's the lesser of the two evils? Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, I, I understand. I think I don't know if most Black people feel that way or not, but I definitely feel that way. I've been disappointed with the entire system. Right for years, mm-hmm. because look at where we are. Right, you and know, it,
0: to and to me, it feels like let's let's say Joe Biden does win; he right. does become president. Do you even think things will change, or, or will it still no, be the I, same?
1: I don't. I don't. Why would they? I right. mean, when have they? Exactly. And so you know, history don't lie. You know, we if you ever studied the history of civilization, you see that America is a certain type a civilization. It's sort of like the Hellenistic civilizations. Mm-hmm. And so our culture, we have two things going against us. Our cultures are divided, I believe. And our politics are divided. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? That just that just means conflict.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So we're just going to have conflict. You know, uh, unless and this is something that uh, a really good question that came to me a few weeks ago is that uh that we always talk about systematic racism and mm-hmm. we talk about in- racist institutions and we love to have conversations but conversations don't do don't amount to a hill of beans because nothing ever changes right. so we know conversations don't work you know. Whenever we see change in history, there was always war,
0: mm-hmm.
1: unless you can give me a situation where, you know, it happened without war. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when you look at South Africa, you know, there was a lot of, you know, there was real conflict going on, you know, in order to bring the world's attention. People start losing their businesses. They start losing money. Things start getting blown up. And I'm not for that, I'm a minister. I believe in love and peace.
0: Right, and absolutely.
1: So, so, when you think about racist institutions, I think maybe the narrative uh, needs to change. We need to start talking about racist people who run institutions. Mm. Because if the people will be moved or change or get saved or something, you know, having awakening, whatever you want to call it, then that institution, but not
0: be racist anyway. right and And I think that's hard to get through to, to some of those people. Like Just for instance, like we were saying with, like with, with Joe Biden and President Trump, I don't think they'll ever change because these are 70-plus-year-old white men that are pretty much basically stuck in their ways at this point. So mm-hmm. they're going to see things how they see it, and right, right. they're not going to change in my personal opinion. Right, right. And I just feel like why do we have to be stuck with these two to be supposed to be the leader. You lead. only have
1: a choice. It's like your back is up against the wall, you know? Right. Our back is up. And that's why I believe that self-development is so important, mm-hmm. that you develop your own skills, your own talents, you know, your own ways. Now, I hope that Splash will give kids, uh, help kids uh, to, to be able to think and solve problems, because to survive in this land, you're gonna have to be a problem solver. Right. You know, you're gonna have to find new ways. You know, to make it and new ways to live and to make a living and take care of your family. So I believe that when we we can get involved. My way of getting involved is getting involved with people mm-hmm. on the ground level. You know, and you now you have people that do, will do better with politics. But I'm not a politician. Right. So I'm an artist. So I use what I have to try to help the situation. Uh, get
0: better, right? Yeah. So, what do you? Because I I love your honesty about everything, and I, I love having these type of conversations. Because I, if we don't have it, nothing's going to change. But so so, what do you t- tell your kids, or do you are you able to talk to them about some of these things that we're having a conversation about now, like the yeah. the racism? I have no
1: children, so my wife and I we have no children. But I have about
0: sixty five. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, the students. Yeah, I, I,
1: okay.
0: yeah, that's why that's why I meant the students. You know, <laughs>
1: I see on that board. I have a list of eleven things that the kids came up with in our last class. Mm -hmm. When the kids first, when we Mm start a new semester, we we let them come up with some rules. And they they uh, number one they write they uh, wrote uh, respect the teacher, behave, listen, respect each other's space, follow instructions. Respect supplies. I harp on that with them all the time. Do your best. Respect others. Don't give up. Have fun. And focus. You see how all these things are internal? hmm Because I believe that we have strength inside of us. You know? And I think the mindfulness and what art does is able to exercise mindfulness. And, and just, just think these kids will come in here. I'll have a... I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old that I allow to, to take classes with my nine- and ten-year-olds, and they can focus for two hours straight making art. Mm. So knowing who you are, what your purpose is, you know, I, I mean, I'm not talking politics with them. Right. You know, they'll get that. They're mm. going to get that in life. Now we're using art, you know, to make to help make them into... Uh, more productive citizens, you
0: know. So and, so, and, and would you say that's that's kind of like your inspiration when you when you create your pieces of work, like the things like you. I think you kind of alluded to earlier, like the things that you see going on in society. Is that kind of like some of your inspiration for when you?
1: I'm affected by what goes on, and I think is uh, my wife is an artist too, and we talk about this every now and then. She's from England, so she's she's a. Uh, they call them Afro-Caribbeans in, in London, in England. She's black from England, and her uh, upbringing was a little bit different because uh, England is, is a little bit more in the world. America is like a little island, and and we are. Um, it's kind of like we don't know what's going on in the rest on the rest of the planet, mm-hmm. and that's very limiting to a person. If you don't know what's going on in the rest of the world. Your mind is controlled by what you see on television yeah, or the absolutely. internet or whatever, what have you. Mm-hmm. You know, even now you you can't even see world news, so you don't know how other countries, you know, what? uh think. You don't know other philosophies, other ways of doing things, or what what have you. And 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 so uh, I don't even know if I'm answering your question. Well, oh, you're know, fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Look eh? the, the tension, but you know we're so limited. So I try not to focus. I think it's a shame. Now it affects me because I'm born in America, born in the South. I've been discriminated against, you know, my entire life. Mm-hmm. You know, I've dealt with racism the whole nine yards. So as an artist, you know, that comes out a lot. You know, but I'm also uh saved. I'm also a minister. Mm-hmm. So I try to infuse righteousness and morals and all that, all of that into my work, you know. Hope, you know, and I believe you can do all things, whatever you put your mind to. Mm-hmm. I try to put that into my work too. I and I try to make sure that my work is excellent, par excellence. So I try to make sure my work is um, is worthy of somebody who's been doing this their entire lives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: how did you speaking about the ministry? How how did you actually get in, into the ministry? <laughs>
1: Well, that's, that's a long story, long story. Too, You want to be here all yeah, day. Yeah, so we, we got time. <laughs> and so we're, we're on the
0: road. we on tour. We so we. so
1: Oh, man, I ran for ministry for a long time. But I'm going to tell you a little story. I'm going to try to make it quick. OK. Soon, OK. So at five years old, a 14-year-old guy named Brother, I don't even know what his real name, but all we know, we called him Brother, was babysitting my brother. And I. I was five. He was six. So he said, I want to show y'all something. So he had drawn pictures of Batman and Superman in color pencil. I had never seen a drawing. I didn't know what art was. And a light came through the window. It's a a light I haven't seen but uh, twice. A light came through the window. And I knew that's what I was going to do the rest of my life. And every day since then I've been drawing. Mm. Trying to be trying to make a drawing, you know, trying to do mm-hmm. that, and I'm 67. So I've been doing that what? ever since I was five years old, okay? So for 62 years, I've been drawing and painting. Mm-hmm. Now, that's when God touched me. Also at five years old, I tried to imitate my pastor at church. When he would say something in the pulpit, i tried try to say it. Mm-hmm. So I think God was making, uh, trying to tell me something. I believe all artists have a prophetic gift, and so growing up, people said I was mature. I wasn't mature. I was just I could I would just watch you and see what you're doing, you know. And I'm, I'm using common sense. Mm-hmm. So, but today that's considered prophetic. Well, <laughs> you know? So, uh, when God called me to preach, uh, I was uh, working for a billboard company. I was getting high. And you know, every day I go home, and get high, because I didn't like my job. Mm. And one day I got high and drew a picture automatically. That means you know what automatic drawing is? Mm, I'm talking to somebody on the phone and drawing, so I don't know what I'm drawing. Oh, okay. That's automatic. Okay. I'm not looking at it. When I looked at the drawing, it was me standing up preaching with an airplane above my head. Wow. So as an artist, I could read that drawing. I already had my degree by then. So I could read that drawing. I said, that's me preaching. And I'm flying overseas somewhere. In two years, I had flown overseas. I had gone to uh, England. On the second day, I was in the, you know what what I mean, the underground in England? That's the tube, the uh, subway system. Okay. And my wife comes into the underground, and I can't see her face, but I see that same light that I saw as a child. Hmm.
0: And I yes, prayed man. to
1: God, let me have her. Wow. That's awesome. The next day I went to Italy, and the second day I was in Italy, I'm walking through, I went to Italy with a scholarship from University of Georgia to do their studies abroad program. And I'm walking through these ruins with grass as high as my waist, writing a report for art history, and the voice of God called me and told me to preach. Wow. So...
0: That's a story. I know it's <laughs> a, a, a great story, though. Great story. So when you, so when you do, does that make things kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with like racism, like just being a a a minister and seeing all this stuff that, that growing up and you said being uh discriminated against, of course uh, right. I could I could see how people going, that went through that could have resentments towards uh, white people, but mm-hmm. but but being a minister that kind of help you have more compassion. For for white right, people. Right, because
1: all people are the same, really, for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: See, this is what this is what this is how this is just make Charlie New, right? Mm-hmm. See, white people and black people have been traumatized by racism in my mind. Mm-hmm. So everybody forgot where we came from. Now, we realize because of the color of our skin that we come we come from Africa. Yeah, for, mm-hmm. But we don't always realize and whites don't always realize that they came from Africa, too. That Africa is a quick cradle of civilization and really everybody on the planet, we are all Africans. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing, there's nothing about the color of a person's skin that makes them different than anybody else. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that right? Yeah, but and I, and I always wonder, like, what? This is just my way of right.
1: looking at and, it. And I'm,
0: and I'm, for me, I'm always like, what happened to where it's like this the our, the history, our culture is just like, like it's just kind of been like watered down. Like where and what what happened to where everything was just kind of like what we don't even really know it had like, about to be our
1: history. For slavery, now for people to you know to get rich off of us. You know, uh, they had to try to destroy it, but it didn't work, but they had to try to destroy our culture, mm-hmm. and then, you know, in order to, not just our culture, but uh, Native Americans, you know, First Nations people, mm-hmm. and everybody you can mention, any, any culture on this planet, you can mention, you know, uh, the pursuit of uh, wealth, you know, you know, people use that. To mm. uh, oppress other people. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we have to seek out our own history. You know, we have to do our own research. We have to teach our own children.
0: Mm.
1: You know, but oppression will keep that stuff from you. That's on purpose. That's done on purpose.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Deep. What do you think we could do to kind of get these things back into the to our education system? Cause I remember we we spoke back in, I think June or July, we had Miss the mayor of Chester on uh, one of the stream fellow, and she was talking about how they were going to try to institute a uh, African-American history class in Chester, but for some reason, they, they it got canceled because they didn't have a teacher for it. How do you think we can incorporate those type of things back into the schools, or do you even think they'll even allow that to come back in? Well,
1: I don't know because I'm not an expert right. in that, but for me, uh, I think those of us, those of us who went to school, and uh, who maybe have a degree in history, now we need to start thinking about our own uh, uh, village. You know, if 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 we wouldn't be, we need to now somehow we were taught to be selfish. I think mm-hmm. slavery and Jim Crow and five hundred years of oppression and degradation. Have made us. I mean, we don't even stay with our own children no more. Mm. I mean, we we desert our own children. With we're, we're very very selfish. So as a minister, I think if you get Jesus, right. <laughs> the Holy Spirit gonna get in you,
0: yes sir. And
1: the love of God is going to be in you, and you can't help but love because God is love. But in the meantime, those of us who have the knowledge to share the knowledge because kids spend 20% in school and 80% of their time in the community. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of time to teach. Why are we allowing the schools to teach our children? You know, we can teach, our. the pandemic mm-hmm. is teaching us that we can teach our children.
0: Absolutely. Now,
1: what are we teaching our children? Absolutely. Now you can't teach what you don't know, so mm-hmm. you may have to study yourself. But we're living in the information age. You can find out whatever you uh, need to find yeah, out about.
0: on Google. Yeah, anything. <laughs> Just hit with the click of a button, get on yeah. Google. You.
1: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of us have self-hatred. And we've taught that to our children. I can't tell you how many times when we get new kids in class, the first few days, if they're from different neighborhoods, okay, now we have to deal with you posturing, trying to prove that you're tough and you're bad. Mm-hmm. And now you got to fight everybody in the class, you know, the boys especially, and mm-hmm. girls too now. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we've taught our children self hatred. And I think if we could learn to love ourselves, then we could love our neighbor. Yeah, so so yeah. it's all about, for me, it's all about love, demonstrating love, not just talking it, but demonstrating love. Because a lot of people can talk love, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of preachers can talk love but do they demonstrate love? You know, Absolutely. Are they in the streets? Are they in the schools, hospitals, what have you? You know, Are they talking to the to the banger? you know, or are they just joint, now, I'm, and I'm a preacher, I'm saying that myself, mm-hmm. you know, the place where we're supposed to be learning about the love of Christ, we're just learning how to be selfish. Mm-hmm. That That's just my opinion, but, you know.
0: I want, I want to stick to what you said about the pandemic what, what what was the biggest thing that you've taken away like the biggest lesson you learned from this pandemic that's been going on
1: from two levels one as a preacher and one as an artist so okay. which one you want to hear
0: both i'll take both
1: <laughs> so okay as a minister what i learned and we find all our answers in the word of god right mm-hmm. and we've quoted the scripture for for years and years everybody knows it if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, God said, then will I hear from heaven and heal the land. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the verse before that says, if I send a pandemic, this is what I want you to do. I want you to humble yourself. This is to about God's people. Pray, seek his faith, And then change. We have to change. Mm -hmm. So what the Lord's been teaching me is God wants me to change. Mm -hmm. And God wanted me to stay in. He wanted to sequester me, just like he did the children of Israel, just like he's done several times in the Bible, so that he can talk to me. I think God wants to speak to his people. And my fear is that these these multi, you know, these mega church pastors Mm -hmm. won't hear that. Because it's all about money. Money. But they won't hear that. I'm afraid that they won't hear it. And so when we go back, nothing, the church won't will not have changed. And so as a minister, I believe God wants us to change. But whenever you spend time alone with God, guess what? You grow. No doubt. You grow. Your vision becomes clearer. You become stronger. You're more anointed. Your anointing grows everything changes you have more power mm-hmm. you know you have more love you know you have more wisdom because you spent that time doing working on yourself yes sir yeah and that's what we did i enjoyed i enjoyed i've been enjoying this year mm-hmm. I told a good friend of mine in north carolina uh that I've created more artwork this year than i have in the last 25 years mm-hmm. because god said stop and I stopped so Stop and be me. So who is who am I? I'm an artist. So all I had to do is do me. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I'm much stronger now. So, yeah, the pandemic has helped me. Uh, also, uh, normally we might have 15, at the most 30 people in this class, say like on Saturday morning, like tomorrow. Tomorrow when we do our live feed, we'll have 150. Oh, wow. So we're actually reaching we have more, more people. Mm-hmm. And so we're learning technology. Well, I'm not learning. My wife right. is learning technology, and she's become a producer, a camera person, the mm-hmm. IT person, the whole nine yards, because all I have to do is teach.
0: right? So
1: I'm teaching the class. But she's learning all this equipment and stuff. And uh, we're reaching more people. So there's always a blessing in the storm. Mm-hmm. And what an artist needs, that's what an artist needs the most. Not money. Mm-hmm. Guess what an artist needs to, to be happy and to thrive and survive.
0: see it work? No. Oops.
1: No. Time. time. That's what an artist needs. See that big old canvas there?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can't wait to get started on that. Just finish that small canvas there. Mm-hmm. See, time. That's what yeah. we need. See, I, I'm not pursuing money. I'm pursuing me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who am I? Why am I here on the planet? And so if I can just be me, I'm gonna survive. You no, know, I'll get to England where I'll meet my wife. I'll get, get to Italy where God can call me. You know, I'll I'll get to the west side where I can teach kids. You know, all I had to do is just be me, because I believe that we are all here for a purpose.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess uh like I, I always said also that you know this gave me a chance you know, be still for a moment because we are we're always like ripping and running and yes, going to work. Yes. Or, you miss out on time time with your family. I know you hear some sort of some people getting divorces because they have to be stuck at home with this and <laughs> other, but which right. is crazy to me. Uh, right. yeah. But you know, it's a chance you know take time to you know kind of like like you said, like find yourself and be still and, and build that relationship with God. But yes, yes. but it was definitely great. Um, but I, of course, does it? Do you still miss that feeling of of course like of course. that face to face interaction with the with the kids? Of course, that's
1: personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, I missed that. So I reject the idea of a new norm. I reject that, mm. you know, because I, I, because this is not normal.
0: Right. So
1: so and this will never be normal. Right. So I reject that civilization is going in that direction, you know, where we will Well, it's amazing, man. I can't help but look at it prophetically. It's kind of like the Lord saying, "You can't see how you're living." On planet Earth, so I'm gonna show it to you. You know, hmm. you're making each other sick, you're destroying each other. And we see that every day. We see people who could care less. Even our president for months and months could care less who got sick. Now he and his wife. Now he sick. has. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm showing you you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we're seeing how you know we're just driven by by uh things other than what really matters, you know. And and, and that's it's crazy. Yes, sir.
0: Yeah. Speak your, speak your mind. I I love the honesty. I I love the honesty. Was, that's what that's what we're here for. But but yeah, it's like you said with, with the president. It's for so long to him it was a hoax, but now he's one that's that's got the virus too. So it's, yeah,
1: like, yeah,
0: like it's like you said, this thing has absolutely been been revealing. Um, I, I want to ask you about um, come back get back to Splash for a second. Um, what what's the lesson that that you learned from the children?
1: everything the -hmm. children i mean that's their work up on the wall there by the way okay and we actually frame that work and we sell that work presently splash has an art show at uh the uh law center here and all the work is for sale they have art work up at arts build chattanooga all their work is for sale and they have art work up at uh Uh, In Hamilton Place, uh, I forget, uh, I don't want to say the wrong name. For some reason, the name of the hotel uh, escapes me. But uh, we actually sell their work. When they do something great, we get it, we frame it, and we sell it, and the child gets half of the money Mm -hmm. and half goes back into the program. And so the, the children are learning about entrepreneurship, they're learning about you know, why it's important, why quality control is important, why doing your best is important, and focus and all of that. And I, I learned from the children's art. I, lo- I love how free they are and, and how honest their art is. Mm-hmm. So that's when I'm learning, you know, just to be open and to be free and to uh and to be honest, allow new things to happen. Not to have so so much control over everything. No, the older we get, the more we try to control things. Mm-hmm. You know, and how to kind of let go, you know, and,
0: and uh I gotta got we got a few more questions and, and we'll get ready to wrap it up. Okay. Um if you could go back um just anything along your journey, is there anything you would do differently?
1: Um uh, you know, I don't know what I would do mm-hmm. <laughs> because Every decision I, I made, I you know it was the decision to make. Uh, I I don't know if I would do anything. I think I'm living my purpose. So, Absolutely. and I've been living my purpose since five years old. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Is it? Oh, <laughs>
0: that's fine. Is is there any way that people people watching this interview is there any way they can uh, contribute to to the splash? Yeah.
1: Yes, they go to our website splashyouthartsworkshop.org and and they can you know, see a place where they can give a donation. Also, uh, Splash Youth Arts Workshop uh, has a Facebook page. They can, mm-hmm. or they can look up Charlie Newton on Facebook, and and go to my homepage and find a place where they can uh, donate. Absolutely,
0: awesome. um, and as I said, this is the the self-investment tool, our first ever tour that we put together. Um, so my question I want to ask you is how important to you is the
1: self-investment? I would, that, to me, that's the best business advice I've ever heard. How can I ask anybody else to invest in me if I won't invest in myself? Right. So, true. you know, <laughs> I found that the more I invest and the work I'm doing, the more people come on board to uh, help me do the work. And so, yeah, I, I definitely believe in investing in yourself. How can you be of any service to anybody if you don't actually believe in yourself? It's yeah, true. So you have to really believe in yourself, but I think we have to be willing to learn new things. So that, that, that's another thing that this pandemic is happening because I believe God told me. Look, I don't care how many people go back to work and go back. You don't leave until I tell you to leave because I have something I want you. I need you to be different after this is over. Here. So I want to be different, and I pray the church will be different too.
0: Absolutely. I, I want to ask you something else. That we were talking about earlier when you said something about um, like basically slavery still hasn't ended. How how do you think? Is there any way that you feel like we could potentially just break free and like get out of this uh, what people would say is modern day slavery?
1: One of the now again, I'm not a politician. Right. I'm not an expert in this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Personally, personally for me, that you know, there seem to be a lot of people who look like us who have positions who are trying to please. White people. Absolutely. And what they become gatekeepers or they become a barrier to the entire culture. You know, it's like, so we need to learn how to love ourselves and understand there's a reason why, you know, the prisons are full of Black people. There's a reason why, you know, young men are killing each other in the streets. There's a reason why. And that reason is oppression. You know, the reason why you know, hundreds and hundreds of years of oppression, you know, have caused this self-hatred. So if we can love our people, you know, as as we love ourselves, and be committed to to the the least of these, you know, I think that we uh, can break free. I've broken free. You know why I've broken free? Because every day I do exactly what I want to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I'm not—I don't feel like I'm forced to do anything. Right. So I do whatever I want to do every day, and and I, I explain that to the kids when I first meet them. You know, it's possible for you to be who you want to be. But let's stop looking at what society says is success. For me, success is doing what I want to do in life. that's
0: yeah, it's success is all subjective, you know, of course. Um, but one of those things, I, I was like you were saying. To me, like I always tell people, it's, it's nothing wrong with having a job, but like you said, that right. that that freedom that it gives you to to do what you want to do is is to me is very rewarding. That's why we put together this right here, and I'm happy that you were able to join us because it was like we we wanted to create create our own opportunity, and we're we're making that transition for you know working for someone else to you know create our own opportunity and we want right. to show other people to do the same thing but it's, it's for some reason it's kind of like i guess like in a sense it's like when you see this growing up like in a home like with you, your parents and you see them getting up and going to work with somebody else all the time like right. if you don't see anything different you don't have that exposure and right. it's kind of like you may end up following suit and doing the same thing, that's true. and giving giving a, a company the 40 plus years, the best right. years of of your life. Mm-hmm. It's like we just have to break that cycle. But yeah. it's something and some like,
1: people need to work for companies. You know, some mm-hmm. people, that's what they want. That's, that's people, true. All they want is a good job. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. If that job is is, uh, you know, if, if you've been fulfilled with the work, I think we should be fulfilled.
0: Fulfilled, right?
1: With the work that we are doing. Mm-hmm. Now. For black folk, it's more difficult because of all the barriers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've worked a job before. You know, I worked one job. <laughs> I worked one job before when Fritz got out of college. You know, in billboards, mm-hmm. and you know, I couldn't get promotions. They was discriminating against me and all that kind of stuff. You know, and that makes it really tough because I want to go higher in the job. You know, I don't mind you know, going through the steps and laughing. Mm-hmm. But then they're saying, no, this is as far as you can go. Now, that's, that's the issue. You know? mm-hmm. So that's why I think faith, it goes back to faith. I think faith, my my personal faith gives me an edge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it gives me a little extra uh, security and push and, you know, when I'm crying to myself or discouraged or whatever, you know, um, the hard times, I have something to undergird me. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe faith really helps a person. You
0: know, yeah. you know. And like you said, like being discriminated against and not getting up their ladders. Sometimes it's like, even if you have more experience, yeah. just because somebody else is more relatable or they like that person, Right, they're going to get the job just because they feel more comfortable with that person.
1: Right. A lot of times it has nothing to do with your talent at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can work hard if you want to and hone your skills and everything. I'm sure you know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, no matter how talented you are, you know, some and many times it of the color of your skin or the fact that you, like me, I'm outspoken. This is just who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very honest. I'm an honest person. And people don't like that type and of stuff. people don't like honesty mm-hmm. at all. Right. And so that can hold you back too just being honest mm-hmm. can, can
0: hold you yeah and it's just like a double standard like I, I, I like sports like for for instance like certain black athletes when they speak out it's like they're they're angry they're jealous right but, yes. but you see a tom brady or one of those white athletes they say they're just showing passion and they love yes. the game it's, no, but that but that's just how it is for us in, in society for some reason it's just like they look at it totally different and right. like you right. said we're not it's hard for us to climb up that ladder for for yeah. for it. well, we we know how it is, but you, of yeah. course, it's just like you said. We just have to find what truly makes us happy and what's fulfilling to us, Mr. Noonan. I think we're almost done. My final question: I say, do you have any other future business endeavors or goals for yourself?
1: I'm, I'm really loving what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really loving what I'm doing. You know, so uh, it's it just I just want to do more of what I'm doing, and uh, I, I, I I want my arts to, to be seen by more people. the world Mm -hmm. you know and no one of the problems we have too is uh we always put in the category of like this is a black artist so no matter how much skill you have or education or experience or how hard you work you know somebody can come up who don't haven't even learned anything yet and you still put in that same into that same category because of the color of your skin Mm -hmm. you know so I'm having to deal with that, breaking through those type of barriers. Yeah. But meanwhile, you know, I'll just keep working and doing my thing. And, and uh, well, yeah,
0: I so. want to ask you about that. When you say you're a black artist, do people look at you differently or when you say things like so. you're an artist? I think so.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, my entire like this. Mm-hmm. For instance, around February, mm-hmm. I get a whole lot of calls. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah. Black history, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. And like, no, 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 right. no, no. You know so. You no, know, every every month should be Black History Month. So absolutely, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we're living. You know, this is the South too. The
0: South was horrible. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So most we have to deal with
1: All this stuff that don't. It really. Is, it's not logical. But it's how it is because we people want to keep us down. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: So do as as a as a black artist, do do they try to like I guess compared to other artists, do they try to like low bar you sometimes or just just because of your the color of your skin, like well, this is even though you have just a good quality of work, they may say this is more value or how how is it in have you have you experienced well, it, anything when like I
1: was that? studying, uh, black art wasn't even taught to me in mm-hmm. college. The school I went to to get my MFA, I was the second black person to ever get an MFA at that school at mm-hmm. Old Dominion University. So, <laughs> you know our culture hasn't been accepted no. Or, or it's been, our culture gets watered down too. Right. You know, so it has, we can't just be us, you know, in all our rawness. you know? Right. And it gets watered down. So yes, I would think that yeah, okay. these things are in place you know, to look at us a certain way, which is always, it seems to me to be less than. You see a lot of the Black artists who are raised up, they're doing stuff that I wouldn't show, show my children. Mm-hmm. They're doing images of, of us that are very negative. And that a lot of times that get raised up to a high bar. Mm-hmm.
0: And it you seems know. like you have to do that, like a. Well, I try to
1: do proud images.
0: And right. Powerful. But but heroic. it's right. And it seems like overall, even in society, we have to look a certain way to get that publicity. We have to be a buffoon. Right. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Make them laugh. Make them mm-hmm. laugh. You know, be a clown. Or something
0: mm-hmm. like that. And it, just like we see, all we have to be on TV fighting or doing those so, type of yeah, things to, to get, get attention. Itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's not black culture at all.
0: Mm-hmm. But when but when people see those things on TV, which is bothering me, because when they see those things on TV, that's how they paint perceiver. an image, perceive us. Yes. Yes. And, and I always te- say this about um, – I'm a sports guy. I, li- I like to watch uh, football and basketball, but sometimes it's, it's this, it bothers me when ESPN, when a kid is being drafted, the black kid comes from a broken home or his parents was on drugs, but when the white athletes gets drafted – then oh, he yeah. he had a four GPA. Right, Parents right. are married, or they have this kind of business. But yeah. it's like, how come we have to look a certain way? Right. But then on the other side, it's just like it's a squeaky or clean image. system. Exactly. That's why I say we're still slaves. You
1: know, Absolutely.
0: Basically we're slaves. Yes, sir. And I it's just like I, I hope in the time, um, like with this election, I don't think anything is going to change. I think they are who they are. Right. Um. We, we we're in this system, but hopefully it's some kind of way that we can like break free of this this slave mentality and, and come true. To I our think centers. it's
1: beginning to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's happening on the streets at street level. Mm-hmm.
0: But but and I do like I will say I do like to see more um people my age that also more people in general that creating their own opportunities, That's starting starting true. their own businesses. Right, right. And I I do think for me, I'm I'm not a Trump. I'm not a fan of Donald Trump, but I think when he got in office, more people were like we need to it, was, it kind of felt like we needed to band together a little bit more, even though we still have people that we, we still have those things where it's fighting and killing each other and all that. But it, I do see people like we are banding together, like we are supporting more black businesses yeah. and things like that. And I yeah, do feel like yeah. that's one of the things that I did see come from this, this presidency and going forward, I don't know what's going to happen.
1: He didn't Man, know was, that was going to happen. That wasn't on purpose. Right, know. right. Just,
0: uh, <laughs> and this, 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 has been a these these past four years have been something totally different. I'm I'm 28 years old, so this will actually be. I want to say this will maybe be what, my third time being able to vote. Uh, because I was able to vote for Obama his second his second term because I was still in high school. his first time, mm-hmm. so this will be actually my my third time getting a chance to vote. But but I, I haven't seen anything quite like. The stuff that we, we've got going on, but but other than I will still just tell people to vote, and of course, right. like you said, this is a self investment tool, so invest in yourself, yes. And also, I'll, I love to say in, invest in your people if you see them doing something great, support right. them. But like you said, sometimes we, we and will have,
1: go to them, look for like if you're going to build a house, look for a black uh, builder or a black architect, you know, look for someone because there's a lot of us. Of us who've been out here, who haven't been supported, but more of us have uh, the means now.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, I mean, we can design things that probably you've never seen before. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, seek us out and you know, seek out the black business, and then make a decision. You know, whatever, the business serves you. Uh, best, yeah, you're going to use that, of course, but seek
0: us out. Okay. Absolutely. Well, Miss Newton, I want to thank you for your time. We really enjoyed it here. Like I said, Self-Investment Tour, we're in Chattanooga, Good Tennessee. You. <laughs> I I enjoyed this conversation, just the, just the knowledge you you uh, gave us in this hour and just how open and honest you were, because like I said, a lot of times people are not willing to have these conversations. It makes a lot of people uncomfortable, but definitely hearing this, um, we, we have these conversations a lot. Um, I, I enjoy it because if we don't have it, then it's just like we, things will continue to stay the same and, and, and we'll still be oppressed. But I of agree. course, we, we, we definitely need this conversation. Before we get out of here, can you tell everybody once again how to find you?
1: Okay, Splash Youth Arts We also have a Facebook page, Splash Youth Arts Workshop, and Charlie Newton. You can find us on my page as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you again, Mr. Newton. And hopefully everyone enjoyed this interview. So until next time, keep chasing your dreams. This is a Cross the Line Podcast on the Self-Investment Tour. Thank you for listening.